This is the sermon from Reverend Dr. Bob John, pastor of Aldersgate United Methodist Church in Chelmsford, Massachusetts. We hope you are blessed with this message today. If you are seeking a church family, we are located at 242 Boston Road. Our worship services are at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. on Sundays. May God bless you and your family this day and give you peace. The Gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and it can be found on page 4 in the New Testament section of your pew Bibles. Uh, Please stand, if you're able, for the reading of the Gospel. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven. Blessed are you. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Pursuit of Happiness is a 2006 film about a San Francisco salesman named Chris Gardner. How many of you watched the movie? Yeah, okay, thank you. So uh, Chris Gardner, he invests his entire life savings in portable bone density scanner machine. However, the time lag between the sales of this machine and his life demands leads some tough financial hardships. So one day, he meets a manager for a brokerage company and gets a chance to work as intern for six months without any pay. And he also needs to compete with the other 20 interns to get that job available. Meanwhile, his wife leaves him, not being able to endure any financial difficulties. So Garner is evicted from his house, living as a homeless person with his five-year-old son, often staying in a homeless shelter 
or in the public bathroom in train station while pursuing his dream to become a stockbroker. Here's a line that Gardner tells his son. Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you that you can't do it, but you want something, go get it, he says. I think that this movie is inspirational in showing us how anyone can accomplish the American dream. After all, we live in the United States where the Declaration of Independence says that we are all created equal and you, we are endowed by our creator with the rights to life, liberty, and what's number three? The pursuit of happiness. I'm not going to tell you how this movie ends in case you have not watched it, but it shows that if you have a dream, you have to work hard at it and make it come true. And I'm sure that most of us here know what that means. It is said that social mobility these days is getting more difficult. What that means is that if people are born rich, they are likely to stay rich. If people are born poor, there is a good chance they will stay poor, not being able to climb up the social strata. However, I know that, you know, based on what many of you told me, your life stories, many of you have worked very hard to be where you are today. For some families, both spouses had to work very hard to raise their children, send them to colleges, and also saving and preparing for retirement. If you are a single parent, you're likely to work twice as hard to raise and nurture your children, and also work extra hours. Some of you told me that you moved to Chelmsford a long time ago with nothing more than a wagon and have worked so hard to raise your family and to live more comfortably today. American dream is also what I pursued. I came to Boston as an international student back in 2004. Uh, you know, my American friends, they could read a book you know, like a three or four hours, but you'd take me twice longer to read the same book. While my roommate, they went to bed 10 or 11 o'clock at night. I had to stay until 2 o'clock in the morning to read the book while drinking coffee all night long. If there was a paper due to submit, I often work all night long till 5 o'clock in the morning to finish that paper. While studying at school, I also worked at the, at the school library and also admissions office so that I could pay for the rent and and buy the foods. And I saw other international students who basically lived on you know, fast food hamburger for every lunch, trying to save the, the money as much as possible. And some of them living on just a simple bowl of rice with some spice sauce. Some of them have become pastors in this conference. Some of them became professors in schools and some of them working in their jobs in the society. They're all trying to pursue what we call American dream. You work hard at it, you go get it. So if we come from that kind of places, 
as we come together to listen to the words of Jesus as found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. The words of Jesus could sound a little bittersweet to many of us. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor. What about me, Jesus? I mean, I have worked so hard, so hard for my family and served on many committees in the church and volunteered for my community. I mean, don't you recognize all the works and sacrifices many people who work from the morning till later in the evening? Blessed are those who mourn. Jesus, did you see the news this past week? I mean, you know, this mother who murdered her three children in Massachusetts. I mean, don't you think that you could have prevented all this tragedy in the first place and instead making us as a community mourn? The list in the chapter 5, Gospel Matthew goes on. Jesus says, Blessed are the meek and humble. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. I mean, they sound good, but at the same time, they sound every inch contrary to what we are taught as children or what we experience as others. Be meek and humble. Yeah, sounds good, but, you know, Jesus... We don't want others to think that we are weak. Be hungry and thirst for righteousness. Jesus, those who protest in the street and shout justice can be a mob being violent or also looting the stores. Besides, their motives are not all the pure sometimes either. Be merciful. Jesus, this is the real world. We need to hold people accountable for their transgressions and make them pay for their mistakes. But as outrageous as they can be, those are the words Jesus says in the mountain. And his message pierces through our ears and inaugurates the kingdom of God that radically challenges our values, our beliefs, and our system. Of course, we work diligently. We serve others, we volunteer for others, and we share our generosity. But if we believe that we can earn the favor of God because all our works. If we believe that we can enter the kingdom of God before other people, the good news that Jesus proclaims today may sound bad news to some of us. Just like a child who hangs on metapole upside down, the life and the teachings of Jesus turn this world upside down, saying that happy are those who are poor, merciful, humble, and who love justice and righteousness. Jesus' life and teaching turn this world upside down. You know, back in 2006, I joined a group of people from a New England conference, and we went down to Nicaragua for a mission trip. We went to Managua, and each of us stayed with the host family at night. My host family consisted of nine people under one roof. They had a father, mother, and four children. 
the uncle, grandfather, and grandmother. The parents, the father, mother, they used to work as school teachers, making less than $500 per month together until they were laid off a few months ago. There were no walls in the house, so they blocked and created room for the children with the furniture to create a space and use a blanket as a door. One day, I happened to pass the, through the kitchen while the grandmother was some cooking something for lunch, and I took a glimpse of what was inside the small refrigerator, and, and it has nothing in it. It's pretty much empty. So in our perspectives to define who is blessed and who is happy in our community and society and in this world, their living conditions was not what most Americans like you and me would define as happy. We would not say that they are blessed. But I witnessed during my stay there, they were so generous with me. Even when it was not their turn to host me and feed me, they came to find me where I was at work and they called me to come to the house so they could uh, provide me with a dish of rice and beans. I saw the father getting a cash allowance from his wife, so he walked all the way to the small grocery store in the corner of the town just to buy a, 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 a bottle of Coca-Cola for me. Just for me. When no one had a piece of chicken on their plate for dinner, they put one piece of chicken on my plate and asked me to enjoy it. And I felt so shameful that day realizing that when I thought that these people had nothing to offer, they are the ones who graciously share their love and generosity with me. The late Peter Gomes, minister at Harvard's Memorial Chapel, comments, most people do not go to church to be confronted with the gap between what they believe and practice and what their faith teaches and requires. In other words, we often go to church, including myself, hoping to hear a message that conforms our own values, ideologies, or political positions. As Christians, we are likely to find comfort in religion that conforms our status quo. So Gomes says he has long been skeptical when someone stops him after the worship service and tells him that was just first-rate sermon you preached today. Because he came to learn quickly what people call a good sermon often smooths and cuts all the rough edges of the gospel message and make it pleasant and agreeable to the ears of the listeners. So here's the good news that may come across as bad news for some of us this morning. The salvation does not belong to us. It belongs to God. And the kingdom of God that belongs first belongs to those who are despised, silenced, persecuted, or even ridiculed in our society today. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are brokenhearted, who mourn and who are gentle-spirited. Although many of us here are distant and good people who have worked so hard for our career, our families, and our children, 
we are good people who got our degrees in education, pay our tax today, and support our community. What Jesus is telling us is that it's not necessarily us who enter the kingdom of God first. Instead, as he says in chapter 22 in Matthew, it would be more like the children, the tax collectors, or the prostitute who enter the kingdom of God before we good people do. The kingdom of God turns this world upside down. So let me ask you, in our world today, who are those that we consider as cursed, pitiful, or unloving? Who would Jesus call the blessed today? Emily McQueen is a professor of theology at Whitton College. When she was teaching in the high school, one of her favorite assignments was to have the ninth grader write their own version of the Beatitudes. She asked those students to speak to the people in the world that the world might consider unblessable. And here are what they wrote, and this is how I also want to finish my sermon this morning. These young students wrote, Blessed are the drug dealers, and I'm sorry, blessed are drug addicts, felons, people who try everything but still buckle under the pressure of their past lives and can never get back on their feet, for even they belong in the kingdom of God. Blessed are the orphans and foster children of the world because they are exactly who God wants in his kingdom. Blessed are the homeless because the kingdom of God belongs to them too. Finally, the last one was written by a particular student who was abused by a parent and removed from his home because of that. And he wrote, Blessed are the abusers who take out their anger on the weak, for even they can repent and receive the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.